listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. What's up, Lakers fans? Recording this, the post-election Thursday. We're going to jump into that uh, in a little bit here. Don't forget, before we kick things off, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. We are anywhere you really get your fix. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it. We are there. And of course, check out silverscreenandroll.com. Harrison, Christian, and Sabrina, the entire crew, as you covered as the NBA season, actually creeping up on us. Uh, they almost have a deal with that. One of the guys who makes all the magic at silverscreenandroll.com, Christian. Uh, let's jump into this right away. So the NBA finalized, we're hoping to hear get that they're going to finalize a deal where they're going to be kicking things off basically uh, December the 22nd on or around there. 72-game 72, 72 schedule, uh, basically training camp starting in like three and a half weeks. Um, what do you make of all this? Do you think they're doing it a little bit too fast or would you have hoped for? I know the money was a big thing. I mean, they were looking at 500, uh, 500 million to a billion dollars in, in additional revenue if they started pre-Christmas. So obviously, and let's be real, money is going to be the number one factor in any of this. Right. But um, what do you think about all of uh, the way the league is proceeding with this right now? Do you think it's a good idea? Because a pandemic, the second wave looks like it's hitting pretty hard. They're still having uh, visions of having fans in the building uh, letting them in the in the in the suites on a limited basis and say social distancing masks all that it, it, do you think the league's moving a little bit too fast here you know i i think for the for one half of the league it makes sense and i you can argue you can even argue for three quarters of the league it makes sense because the teams that of the 22 teams that went to the bubble obviously only 16 of them ended up playing uh, in the playoffs and even fewer of them played more than a round. And then you have the other teams that just haven't played since March for the, for those people, this has been the longest off season of their careers and it, and it will be having a season end in March and begin in December for the Lakers and heat though. This is way, way, way soon. Um, when I was writing for silver screen and roll the other day, I did, a little digging and if the December 22nd start date ends up happening, the Lakers will just have 51 days from game six of the NBA finals to the first day of training camp. The Raptors had a hundred days, almost twice as many between their last playoff game and the start of their training camp. Uh, and, and we're talking about, you know, not just guys that have just come off of this championship run, we're talking about somebody like Danny Green and Quinn Cook who have been in the last two consecutive finals and haven't had much of a break between thens. Uh, I mean, with the exception of the suspension that the, that the season went on three or four months, it's, you know, it, it is a quick turnaround. And I mean, the, the hope is that the players' bodies will respond well, maybe the continuity both on the roster and, you know, with their, schedule will help the Lakers not fall off in the regular season but I mean we've already heard LeBron James talk about or joke about I should say uh cherry picking the first start of the season I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of players around LeBron's age do the same thing yeah I I here's my thing I mean I I get it I, I think the mental toll of being in the bubble would have been harder than the physical toll of playing because there was no travel um, you know, they, they were kind of, they knew what they were doing. They were, it was basketball, all basketball, you know, they were, they were focused on that. So to me, I don't mind the 51 days being after, you know, after they, they finished up the thing, just because, you know, what do they play roughly 30 games, let's say, you know, over, over the course of, 
uh, you know, two and a half months there. Um, so that to me wasn't really the, 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 the turnoff point to, to me, it's now they're just rushing this, right? You got the draft coming up November 18th. Uh, that's less than two weeks away. Then you're going to have free agency that you're kind of rushing and, and the salary cap stuff is, is still uncertain. I'm sure we'll get details on that in, in the coming days, but I just think as a whole, they're, they're really pushing to, to, to get this through. And ultimately, I don't think it hurts a team like the Lakers, the, the Warriors, where, um, they, you know, the Boston Celtics, where they got enough money coming in. Uh, they're going to be okay. Their owners can withstand it. I think small market teams like, uh, like OKC, like Sacramento, where you're, you're reliant on your gate and people spending money at the concessions and merchandise and all that. Uh, I, I think that it's a little bit hard for them. But again, this is an unprecedented time. So I, I do, you know, they have to kind of adjust to, what the circumstances are now you you touched on lebron because I, I i agree with you too i i don't think you're going to see a lot of lebron james throughout the first maybe month of the season i think he's right. gonna maybe you know sit out 50 percent of the time and, and make sure he's healthy for for whenever the playoffs kick off but ultimately now you look at rob palenka's decision making how do you think he's going to proceed with trying to put this team together the team can buy second round picks so they might be able to do that uh, just to fill out the back end of the roster and, and having guys there for practices and whatnot. But how, how do you see him proceeding with this? Is it, is it going to be the same type of thing where it's going to be LeBron, uh, AD, and then a bunch of veterans we're going to see around him? Yeah, I, I think most of the roster will be back because the Lakers obviously – oh, actually, oh, I just had an, uh, an epiphany Why? Or while we're recording this podcast. Um, I don't know how the rules are going to change with uh, the 90-day trade restrictions for most of these guys. I was going to say they're going to be able to sign these guys with the knowledge that as long as there are no trade provisions in their contract, they'll be able to flip them if they need to at the trade deadline. But um, I mean, they have to work something out. It's just that December... 22nd date and the usual timing of the the trade deadline just doesn't line up so okay okay that is uh that's that's really interesting to have but (laughs) but i mean that aside i think i think most of the most of the core group will be back i think towards the beginning of the season we'll see some minutes from guys we didn't see a lot of last season uh i think taylor horton tucker will probably play a bigger role in the regular season, at least, obviously, if you show signs of being a productive player, like he did in the playoffs, he'll sneak a spot in the rotation. Don't know if he'll get minutes over Alex Caruso, who's under contract, and Avery Bradley, who I expect to opt in to the player option in his contract. But you know, it's um, it's going to be interesting. I'm I the the thing that obviously that we we have the draft coming up in less than two weeks here. The thing I'm really interested to see is whether or not they put their first round pick on the table at all. Because again, we're talking about trade restrictions that are usually in place in the regular season and that make play uh, make sense during the regular season. Um, but it, may, it might not this year. I mean, you're talking about the draft on November 18th or 15th, I believe. Um, 18th, 18th, yeah. I, yeah, I always get the date wrong. <laughs> um, but in order for the Lakers to trade their first round pick this year, you have to trade it as a player, which means after signing this player to their rookie contract, they have to wait 30 days from the date to trade him. And so if you're going after a guy like 
Victor Oladipo or Chris Paul and you want to include that pick in the trade it, it's another one of those things where we'll see how the league navigates this or if the rules change at all but as it stands any player they trade for with that pick wouldn't be ready to go on opening night and and obviously not training camp yeah and that's that that's going to kind of be the the and that's what I mean I, I again I, I don't like the I was hoping the league would maybe start um early January, not necessarily near MLK day, which is, which is on the 18th, but you know, somewhere maybe a couple of weeks before where, yeah, the players are getting a little bit more rest that would give uh, LeBron and Cole basically over two months, you know, of, of time before playing an actual game. And um, so I think, and it would have been easier for the player movement aspect of it, which let's be real is one of the most <laughs> exciting parts about the NBA calendar is the off season. And it's turned into must watch TV over, over the last few years, especially with when you started having the big name superstars like LeBron, uh, like Kevin Durant, like like Kawhi Leonard, moving on to to different teams, and you you touched on the Chris Paul thing. So Kendrick Perkins is is convinced that he is going to end up um, <laughs> playing on the with the Lakers. Is there any feasible way you see that happening, or no? Nope. No, nope, yeah. not at all. That is my official stance on that. Um, it, it would just take so much on the Lakers' part that with in, in a normal calendar, in a normal NBA calendar, I could see it maybe happening. And even then, I think the chances would be slim. And this year, to pull off a trade like that, I think is going to be hard for any team. Yeah. But especially a team that, uh, you know, doesn't have a can't, – can't at least freely trade a first-round pick until, I believe, 2027. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and, and you mentioned that, too, and um... – when you kind of wrote about it as well, that it's, it's just not realistic. I mean, you're looking at a $90 million price tag over two seasons and somehow OKC, who's not making any money right now, like most of the world. I mean, we saw the layoffs happening at, at ESPN. I don't know if you saw that. They, they laid off 500 employees. And so it's like any big name entity who's involved with having fans and having reliant on people really watching or consuming the product, it's going to be tough to pay that type of money out. I uh, wanted to jump on into a couple more things. Uh, let's do that after a short break. All right, and we are back. Uh, Christian, I want to jump into the Lakers center position. Now, they're going to have some, some interesting decisions to make there. I think that the Lakers brought back, I don't want to say totally, but I, they bought back this sort of old-school basketball style where they use their size to win a championship. And we haven't seen that in, you know, during the Warriors run, even when LeBron was on the heat. You didn't really see them trying to say, all right, let's, let's go really big and – and and basically muscle the other teams around you know we know anthony davis is going to be playing big minutes at either power forward or center um javel mcgee he's got a player option we don't know what's going to happen there i'm under the assumption that he's going to opt in but that remains to be seen and then you're looking at another big guy uh dwight howard i I wanted to talk about him i was pleasantly surprised with how he performed this season you know given his his history and um you know, his, his maturity level is probably that and more of a, of a teenager. But again, we're not, I'm not going to rag on, on Dwight the person. We're going to talk about Dwight the basketball player. Uh, 7.5 points, 7.3 rebounds on, on the season per game. Uh, ended up with just over one block. And he, he was a, a pretty damn good defensive player. His value really stepped up in the playoffs when uh, Frank Vogel made the adjustment to put him on to uh, Nikola Jokic and then kind of went with him throughout, throughout the, uh, the rest of the postseason. When you look at the center position and another guy, you know, we'll touch on too is, is Boogie Cousins. But how do you think the Lakers big man rotation is going to is going to kind of shake out going into, I guess, next season, which is coming up real quick? I think it depends on number one, JaVale McGee opting into his player option, which I fully expect him to do. It's a lot of money for a 
guy who doesn't shoot three-pointers and, you know, is not a great post defender, not a great perimeter defender. Um, It's a lot of money. And so I expect him to be back. The next guy you look at is actually not even Dwight Howard. It's DeMarcus Cousins. Because the only reason Dwight Howard was on the roster last season is because DeMarcus Cousins suffered that freak injury right before the start of training camp and the Lakers you know, had to sign somebody of comparable talent to replace him. We didn't think Dwight Howard would be as good as he was. And it, you know, thankfully he ended up being that way. It was between him and Joakim Noah, if you can remember yeah. that far back. Crazy. It feels like years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, um, I, I think they want to bring Dwight Howard back. I think there's even been a report saying as much that there's mutual interest between both sides working out a deal. The question for the Lakers and Dwight Howard is the role. Along with that report that the Lakers had mutual interest in bringing Dwight back, there was also a report that the Warriors had interest in him. And you look at the Warriors roster, where is their biggest hole? Assuming Andrew Wiggins pans out, I'm not so optimistic, but you know (laughs) he is slotted there right now. The biggest hole is at the center position. And the Warriors with Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green are going to be contenders in the Western Conference again. Or at least that's what I believe. Um, if you're Dwight Howard, in, after a comeback season where you controlled the narrative around yourself and proved that you're, doing, you're willing to do whatever it takes to win a championship, if the Warriors come knocking on your door and say, hey, we have a starting job for you in comparable money, then I think Dwight Howard takes that. And if he doesn't, or if, if he is tempted by that, the question for the Lakers is, do you offer him more money for a similar role that, than he had last season or even a starting job? I'm not sure I would get into a bidding war over Dwight Howard. Again, I think he was fine, but you look in that Houston series and for most of that Miami series, you just didn't need him on the floor. The same could be said about JaVale. Mm-hmm. A lot of that has to do with Anthony Davis just being an otherworldly talent and being able to play the four and five at an elite level. But it's also the type of bigs they are. I mean, the, the, you're talking about JaVale, and, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, traditional back-to-the-basket bigs, uh, who are lob threats, which are always good. But I, I don't think... You know, you don't absolutely need to have both of them on your roster next season. I think what I think the Lakers should do is gamble on JaVale and Dwight. See if you can get Dwight back. If you can get Dwight back, ship JaVale out. If you can't, maybe stick with JaVale. Even then, I think you can probably get an upgrade over JaVale in free agency or via trade. Um, And then, you know, see what Boogie has left in the tank. I don't think he's going to be the... I don't think he's going to be anywhere near the all-star type of player he was in Sacramento and to a lesser extent in New Orleans, but you know, you never know. Yeah. I, I think he'll be a fine regular season player in a role that's not dissimilar to the one JaVale played last season, at least in terms of minutes, obviously they're different players. Um, but I mean, it's obviously more complex than that, but that's, that's what I would want them to do. And ultimately what I expect them to do. Yeah, again, and, and they're kind of at the mercy of, of JaVale. If he opts in, then, you know, yeah, you can look to move him at some point. 
during the season. But I'm with you. I think Boogie just brings a different dynamic. You know what I mean? He, he could stretch the floor. I mean, if he doesn't lose his shooting ability, which you have no reason to think that, that he would. Uh, also, very good passer, not only from, from the block, but also from uh, the high post. You can put him on the top of the three-point line. He's got a good touch. He'll be able to find guys like LeBron, find guys like Kuz when they're cutting. So I think he's a better fit. But, you know, I, don't, I, I think the Lakers really, because they had those options with the big guys, I think that gave them a bit of an advantage in the playoffs too. Um, you're looking at, you know, Frank Vogel, like I said, where Jokic started killing him there. And he's like, all right, you know what? We're going to just play Dwight as much as we can because JaVale's getting the, you know, what kicked out of him. So let's go with, um, let's go with JaVale. And I think having Dwight gives him that opportunity to say, all right, you know what? Let's roll with AD at the four and put Dwight at the five. And, and you're right. Cause from what I've heard, if, if the Warriors, if the Warriors don't end up taking a guy like uh, James Wiseman or uh, a Kongu out of USC at number two, They'll, they'll be in the running for, for a big man in free agency, and, and they could be looking at Dwight. And again, like you mentioned, I don't think anybody's really going to break the bank this year unless they sign with a team like the Atlanta Hawks or Cavaliers or, or Knicks who have an abundance of cap space just given the economic climate that we have going right now. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'd let Dwight just walk right away just because there's so much uncertainty with how you're going to shape the roster this season. Now, if he does get a, a, a way better offer from another team, yeah, I wouldn't get into a bidding war like you said. But I also like what he what he brought to the team in terms of um, defensively, in terms of how we fit in with the team, in terms of matchups. When you do play against a team like Denver, you have the option of putting somewhere out there of uh, Dwight onto Joker and and other big guys who, who will develop and maybe get better over the next season here. But I, I agree with you. I think if, if Boogie and I, he's going to be a shell of his former self. I mean, the guy hasn't played a game in what, you know, basically two, two seasons. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't expect him to be anywhere near what he was. But the advantage of playing with the Lakers is that it doesn't really have to be, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just like, all right, if we just need you to be 50% of what you were and, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis will look, make you look that much mm-hmm. better. Um, let's wrap things up on, on this. There's a lot going on in the country right now, unless you're living under, under a rock. We, obviously, we know what's going on. Uh, super divisive. Can I ask you something coming from Canada? Why is this always a case happening in America where there's always something going on with the elections? Our elections back home, mind you, Canada has less population than the entire state of California, right. so it's much easier to get counted. <laughs> um, but is, is this, is, you know, you've, you've been here basically your, you know, your, your existence and, and you've seen this multiple times. Why, why is this such a divisive issue? And, and why, why is America so divided overall just as, as a country, you think? Oh, isn't that the million dollar question? Um, to be honest with you, I, I've thought about this a lot and I just think it, comes down to an over value and honestly an oversimplification of American values and the thought of the American dream. Um, I think for the most part, it's outdated. And, you know, the American dream has evolved as the makeup of the country has evolved. And I, I, I think that's why the country's so divided is we, we all have this different idea of what, America means to us. For some, it's you know the land of the free, well, the land of religious liberty and and you know freedom. And to other people, it's all of those things, but under the scope of you know what the American dream was 50 years ago when they were growing up, and what the American dream was to their grandfathers. And um, I, I think that's the biggest divide in the country, along with you know, I think I, I think that's the simplest way to put it. I think if you're going to look into the deeper roots of this country and, and it, it, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. There's uh but at, at its core, I, I think that's what it ultimately comes down to. And 
honestly the the sheer lack of Tim Hortons here. If there were more <laughs> Tim Hortons per square mile in the United States, I'm sure uh, it would be a lot more like Canada. Yeah, we got about four of those per square mile in Canada. <laughs> doesn't matter where you go, Tim Hortons, and we love uh, we love our Tim Hortons, and, and we love our hockey. That's that, that's for sure. But it's been uh, it, you know it's been. I mean, I, I was actually living here during the 2012 election. Uh, obviously, a lot less contentious than than what we've seen over the last. Um, two presidential elections, you know, 2016 and now, but yeah, it's just something to me. I, I, I don't know. And you know, like you mentioned, like the culturally and, and you know, what people look at as, as traditional American values, I, you know, we do have this in Canada as well, where there's a divide between the middle of the country and the coast, because the coast, you get a lot more immigration. Uh, people move out there more just because it's, it's a big city feel. And you get that here with, you know, you have LA, New York, obviously, uh, the Bay Area, uh, Boston, Philadelphia, they're kind of the, the, the bigger city. So I, I don't know if there's something that's going to be repairable over the next 10 years, maybe 20 years of our lives. But I, I think this kind of back and forth and, and the big divide between rural and, and, and middle America and, and the coast, I just think that's something that, that's going to continue for the rest of time. But again, you know what? Hey, the sports are off right now. Uh, the NFL is kind of in a messed up season with, with everything going on with the COVID stuff. So at least right. the presidential election is giving us some sort of competition, competition to watch over the last few days. Uh, we'll wrap up on this. So do you think the Lakers do anything leading up to, to the uh, leading up to the NBA draft, or is it just going to kind of be business as usual, try and add a piece or two for, like I said, for either the G league or for the back end of the bench, or, or do you see Palenka trying to make, maneuver anything around? Yeah, I think uh, they'll probably hold on to that 28th pick for now. Uh, I mean, if for no other reason, then they can't really do anything with it right now. Um, but I do expect them to buy a second-round pick. I think there will be a lot of teams selling second-round picks this year, and I think the Lakers will capitalize on that. Uh, and obviously, they're always really aggressive in the undrafted free agency pool. It's where they got Devontae Kaycock and – you know, they didn't draft Alex Caruso, but he wasn't drafted and they brought him in, developed him through the G League. Um, I honestly don't know what's going to happen with the G League next season. Um, I don't know yeah. if they're going to do what they did to the minor leagues and in, in the MLB. I mean, they straight up canceled their season uh, just just right before the suspension. So who knows what's going to happen there? But the Lakers obviously utilize uh, their farm system as much as possible. And you need players on cheap contracts that can contribute for years at a time. If you're a team that chases stars like the Lakers do. So I definitely expect some, maybe not a fireworks, maybe a firecracker on, on draft night. Just a bottle rocket. That's about, that's about yeah. it. That's, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> well, you know what the good, the good news is after having, and I, I don't want to mean I'm not trying to downplay anything with the pandemic, but I mean, you know, going through, what was that, you know, five and a half months without any basketball. Uh, the one I guess, good side of, of that, like I said, I would have preferred the league started in, in January just to give things more time. But the one good part of everything coming up so soon is that uh, NBA basketball right around the corner again. So we can't really complain about that. And especially considering our line of work, hey, at least we don't have to write this, this day in history post right, anymore right, right. for five months. So we'll be pretty good. Uh, that does it for this episode. Don't forget, subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. Catch us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, pretty much anywhere you get your fix. And don't forget, we have a new show coming out pretty much all each weekday. And the NBA draft's coming up right around the corner, so lots to look forward to. And, of course, silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. That does it for this episode. Catch you all next week.